All right, welcome back to the Casey Adams Show. I am Casey Adams, your host, and today we have Mike Sancho on the show, the CEO of Wealth Accelerators. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Mike. Yeah, thanks, Casey. Pleasure to be here, man. I've been looking forward to it, man. You flew in from Orlando, you said, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All the way from Florida to the win. Glad to be here with you in this amazing studio, man. Yeah, I know. The uh, Blue Wire does an amazing job. It's NFL draft day or weekend, I should say, here. So they're busy. So we're always grateful to be here. But excited to dive into your story, man. I, um, you know, we, we got connected through our good friend Hans and just, I, I heard your story kind of briefly on David Meltzer's podcast recently. That was awesome. Yeah, thank you. Um, but for me, for people don't know that for people that don't know what Wealth Accelerators is, I'd love for you to give some high level insight into what it is that you do. Sure. Yeah. So for our company with Wealth Accelerators, the best way I would describe it is a business management firm and consultancy, which doesn't really give you much context either and really <laughs> confuses a lot of people. Um, but pretty much what, what we do, we're passive income specialists. So we run all operations for automated business models because, you know, pretty much if you look at everybody, um, you know, they, they have their career, they have their job or their business and, and what they're doing, and that takes up the majority of their time, right? And then, you know, with their, you know, surplus income and their extra money, they want to put it to work, right? And we all know about the traditional investments in, you know, crypto stocks, real estate and stuff like that. But basically what we offer are like alternative investments. So where people can put that capital to work in businesses for them, which are going to generate cash flow and passive income, but they don't have to actually step in and, and do anything with the business management side. So we have some high level services where we'll run the entire operations. And mainly right now we're doing four core services. So we're doing an Amazon FBA automation. Um, so we're building an entire Amazon business for them. We're doing a Facebook shops business, which is just Facebook's e-commerce stores. And then we also do uh, YouTube shorts channels. We, we nice. build YouTube shorts channels uh, for cash flow. And then the most recent service we have, which has been crushing it, is our trucking automation service. So we just manage uh, semi trucks for them, which, which, you know, crank out a good amount of passive cash flow for them. Wow. So, yeah. Very cool. That it's like different industries. You must have like, you know, it's like Elon, you have to turn on certain parts of the brain when you're focused on different things. Right. Yeah. And, and we have Very a big cool. team. We have a big yeah. team. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, so before we dive into that, I have so many questions. Like reels is so interesting. The trucking, I'm, I'm so curious about that. Mm -hmm. Um, where are you from? Like, where did you grow up and how did you sure. initially get into the world of business? Sure. Yeah. So I'm originally from Connecticut. I was born in Hartford, grew up in a small town called South Windsor and you know, spent 18 years there. Um, didn't really have a, a, a smooth start in life, I would say. It was a little bit rocky. Um, you know, I struggled with things like substance abuse and would get into trouble um, as a kid. And I actually ended up getting expelled from high school. And then wow. somehow I ended up getting into college even with that. <laughs> and uh, Determination. And then I, yeah, and then, and then I got expelled from college. So I'm the dude that got kicked out of high school and college. And I uh, you know, that kind of led me to like a, a line in the sand decision moment in my life where I was like, I can keep going down this path of, you know, doing things the wrong way, getting in trouble. And, and that's probably going to lead up in, you know, not a very good circumstance. Or I can flip the script and I can just go all in and, and do the right thing and, and become a business guy. And really all I wanted to do is make money. I just didn't have the proper direction. School never taught me that I could be a business owner. 
and and make a ton of money. I was like, how do people get rich? And I would watch movies like Scarface and Blow, and I'm like, oh, they sell drugs <laughs> to make a lot of money. And I'm like, so I guess that's what I got to do. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no, I, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, I'm curious too. Like with, with with the um, high school, college, were the the reasons that you got expelled similar? Or? Same exact. Thing. Okay. I was, I was just selling weed <laughs> on campus and I got caught. So got it. And now weed's legal. So <laughs> yeah. And that was, that was in Connecticut. Yeah, that was in Connecticut. Got yeah. it. Wow. Mm-hmm. What was the um, like the pivoting point for you, where like you really had to make a real decision to take that next step and to stop all of you know your past behaviors and mm-hmm. you know to take a step into your new identity? Like when was sure. that transition for you, and, and really what caused that transition? Yeah. So it was it was when I got kicked out of college because. It was getting much more serious. I'd gotten uh, in trouble a handful of times before, but they were just like slap on the wrist type of things. Yeah. Um, this one was really serious where I came very close to an actual like three-year prison sentence. Wow. And uh, I was I was in jail. I was in there for a couple of weeks. But um, like when I got out of all that and, and I didn't end up having to do that, I was able to get out on probation. I was like, dude, I don't belong in, in the jail system, prison system. That's not me. And um, I was like, I'm just going to go find another way to make money. And, you know, I was always extremely motivated to be successful and very hardworking, very disciplined, but it was just in the wrong outlet. I didn't have the guidance. I didn't have any really mentors at the time. So it was just the wrong path. And, and that kind of shook me up. And, and that is what led to that decision and changing my path from there. Got it. No. Wow. Very mm-hmm. cool. I mean, you know what they say, it's like those the moments where you're broken down the most, they're, they're setups for your comebacks, right? Dude, so. if it wasn't for that, I mean, there's no way I'd be here now because it's, it's my greatest, um, advantage that I have is, is that rock bottom. And yeah. it's, it's so purifying when you lose everything and you, you can't go any lower than that. Yeah. So it's like yeah. the only way up from here is up. Totally. <laughs> when, um, like when you made that decision to transition, obviously there's a, you know, mm-hmm. it's easy to get excited. There's a lot of entrepreneurs out there that I'm sure are listening where you have that moment of excitement and passion and drive, but then, you know, reality sits in and you have to figure out like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to build a team? How are we going to launch a product for me? Whether that's, how are we going to, you know, raise capital for this idea we have? Mm-hmm. Um, like for you, um, what was that first business endeavor? Uh, or, or I should ask as well, like how long has Wealth Accelerators mm-hmm. been around and how long have you been specialized in those four mm-hmm. quadrants that you talked about? Sure. So it was it was a series of failures when I started in business. It was not immediate success. So I made that that decision when I was 21. I'm 28 now. I'll be 29 next month. Wealth Accelerators is coming on its third year anniversary in June. Um, but really, I got started mainly in network marketing Um I had dabbled in it at about 19 years old um, with a company called Vima. And um, I, I started to get around mentors at that time. And, and I just didn't take it as serious. But after I got in trouble, I went full force into network marketing, got very serious with it, became a top earner in, in several companies um, and, and did really well. And then during that period, I was just taking any courses I could get, any mentorship, any consulting. I was taking real estate investing courses. I was learning e-com. I was learning how to trade. That's another one of my passions. I've been a, a trader for the past seven years. I really love investing and trading. And for me, I, I've just always had this sort of obsession with putting your money to work for you. And once I read like Think and Grow Rich and Rich Dad, Poor Dad, it, it just became ingrained in me. I'm like, I just got to increase my income, invest it, and then keep stacking investments. And my future is going to be very bright. So that's kind of like the, the process of what led me to Wealth Accelerators. And really, there was a stint where I went through about a three-year period where 
the network marketing companies that I was a part of kept crashing. Like the owners couldn't get it together or they, they were fighting or for whatever reason, it's, it's a business just like any other. And, yeah. and a lot of businesses do fail. And so I built a six figure income company crashed, went to another company, built a six figure income wow. company crashed, went to a third company, built it again. That one's still around today. But during that process, I was like, it's really important for me to have my own business where I'm in control because I don't just only want to build other people's visions and dreams. And it's, don't get me wrong, it's a great business model. It's a great way for people to get started with very low money and, and all they have to do is be the sales guy. They don't have yeah. to worry about the product, the service, the customers, um, any of the back end, the merchant processing, all the other stuff that yeah. comes with the business, <laughs> a lot totally. of stuff. And uh, they can jump in, but I realized I got to diversify and, and that's kind of what also led to Wealth Accelerators, us being diversified in multiple industries because it's that natural hedge and that protection that, that gives you true financial security. I love that. Very well mm -hmm. broken down. Um, I'd love to spend some time like diving into those four quadrants. Sure. I, I think the, you know they're all so different. Whether yes. that's YouTube Shorts or that's trucking, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. polar opposites. <laughs> um, I'd love to talk about YouTube Shorts because yes. I know like I have a lot of friends, or, and we have a company called Media Kids, and we mm -hmm. work with a lot of creators. And you know we're working on getting Shorts, you know uh, the, the APIs to showcase on the Media Kids, all this cool stuff. Mm -hmm. um, what is it about YouTube Shorts specifically mm -hmm. um, and monetizing on YouTube? Is that an easier way to monetize you've seen? And if so, like, what are you guys doing in that, yeah. in that world? And how do you duplicate that over time? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. And to answer it, number one, we were doing cash, cash cow channels first before we were doing YouTube Shorts. And that was a model that I think worked really well for a period of time. But then we started running into resistance with the platform and we couldn't do volume anymore because YouTube basically kept demonetizing these channels because yeah. a lot of the content we were doing for volume was repurposed and reused content. And it's kind of like a shotgun blast approach where it's quantity over quality. And the goal is just like a video every day. And, you know, eventually you hit the algo and then the channel starts to grow. Um, but YouTube wasn't a fan of it. So we had to pivot. And um, we actually, we partnered with a, a company that was running a lot of YouTube shorts channels. So they run our back end. Is it specifically only shorts? Yeah, that's what wow. we're doing now that's because, because we're monetizing off of YouTube. So we're doing brand and partnership deals um, with companies and, and we're promoting on the community tabs for like these pages. So yep. as the channels scale, we basically put these promotion contracts where they're going to say, oh, we'll pay you a thousand a month to give us this many promotions on X amount of channels and it's been more consistent. I wouldn't say that the cash flow is necessarily huge, but it is just more passive cash flow. And for me, my philosophy is every 500 bucks a month, you don't got to work for helps every thousand a month that yeah. you don't got to work for helps. It, it, it all stacks. You know what I mean? Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Very interesting. I, I think one of my buddies, uh, his name's Cam Casey and his shorts, I think he went from, I don't think he might be at 5 million subscribers now, but his YouTube shorts, are in the billions of views over the last year in it's terms insane, of like dude. his viral content. And I've been like keeping just watching what he's doing. And it's like absolutely incredible to see what obviously TikTok has reimagined when it comes to viral content and now Instagram reels and mm -hmm. YouTube shorts. So very cool that you guys are like sticking in that, in that niche. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, wait, I should probably start a, a <laughs> podcast YouTube shorts channel specifically. <laughs> love that. Yeah, yeah um, totally. So talk about trucking. Yes. I, I'd love yes. to dive into that. I, I think when it, when it comes to passive income, there's, Tons of way. Typically, people I'm sure hear about real estate. Like that's right. been like the I've interviewed a lot of people in the real estate space, and you know we mm -hmm. always talk about passive income. 
but trucking, how do you duplicate that for people that aren't in the trucking business? Like if yeah. I wanted to make money in trucking, how is that possible? Yeah. And, uh, and <laughs> if you'd asked me a couple of years ago, I'd have never thought that I'd be in the trucking business. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think about it, but I mean, really, if, if you think about it this way and you're like, okay, everywhere that, you know, you're driving down the road, you see, what do you see constantly? You see trucks, you're on the highway, truck, 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 truck everywhere. And you don't think that in these trailers, they're moving all this freight, which has what value? So it's a lot of money. So if you're moving things from point A to point B, you're getting paid for it. And pretty much every single US consumer good that we use touches a truck. Cause there's only four ways to move freight mainly, uh, unless you're talking about space logistics. But it, on, on planet Earth, <laughs> we've got you know air freight, sea freight, rail, trains, and then your truck. And if it comes from a plane, a boat, or a train, it's pretty much ending up on a truck at some point. So pretty much everything we consume touches a truck. And really, without trucking and logistics, the entire like society collapses. Like none of this yeah. works. Like if if there is a study, like if we went even five days without trucking, the entire everything shuts down. I think, um I it, it collapses that. the whole world. And that's why even during the pandemic, trucking continued to soar. So to answer your question, how does one get into trucking? Um with us, it's pretty easy, and, and the way that we got into trucking was through purchasing a, a trucking company, right? Again, I'm not the expert here, um, so so I like to partner and, and acquire or work with the experts. So we located uh, several smaller M&A opportunities, merger acquisition deals with smaller trucking companies, and we kind of reached out to them and said, hey, you know, would you like to partner with us? We can provide a lot of capital to you, help you expand the fleet. We'll work together. Um, and we'll partner up on the operations. So we took over uh, a company that had three trucks and then a second company that had two. And then we've been able to scale those up. Right now we're at about 50 trucks and we're wow. about to purchase another 30. Yeah, so we got a, we got a lot of trucks hitting the road. And um, and then right now, I mean, with the supply chain, the way it is, there's an abundance of freight. There's, there's, in a, there's more loads right now than there is trucks that are out there yep. running. So it's a really great business. And for for our partners... It's really easy for them. You know, we we offer these packages and with the package, we'll get the truck for them. We'll so, so someone would buy it if I wanted to make money in trucking mm -hmm. and obviously not drive the truck. Yeah. Do I purchase a truck with you guys and you guys if you're saying if, if you want to drive the truck or I, I don't, don't want to drive, drive the yeah, truck. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And you want to yeah. make money in trucking. Yeah. So we have we have packages. They're like 50 to 100 grand. And then the difference is like the profit split in the packages. And then we'll get the truck. We'll get the driver. We'll staff it. And then wow. we'll broker the freight and do the dispatching. And then we just we just profit share. And and do I as a consumer, let's say, do I own the truck or is it more so like uh I'm investing into mm -hmm. you guys that you acquired the truck and then mm -hmm. I'm paid out distributions yeah. based on that investment? Yeah. So you don't actually uh, own the truck. You're more so investing into the service. You're you're investing into like a revenue share. Um, yep. because if you actually owned the truck, that kind of defeats the purpose <laughs> because now you have to go register with the DOT. You need your yeah. own motor carrier number. Uh, you would need to put the truck under your own fleet insurance. Now you're open to liability. If the driver, God forbid, gets in an accident, kills somebody, you're looking yeah. at a five to $6 million death claim. Wow. And then if you don't have enough coverage for that, you're bankrupt. So that's where a lot of trucking companies fail because they're smaller trucking companies and they're uh, undercapitalized. And, and something happens like that. Exactly. Sheesh, exactly. That's a so, hard business. Yeah. So <laughs> since we operate as like a conglomerate and we we have the capital backing, 
and um, we have a, a large fleet policy for a lot of trucks, and then we have overarching umbrella policies. If something major like that happened, it wouldn't pierce through all of our stuff. We're good to go. So it's it's a way to get into trucking without the liability, without the hassle of having to do anything. It's how you can just be a passive investor. So it's really attractive to a lot of people. That is very cool. I've never heard about it like that. And obviously I'm not in the space, but that's right. very cool that you guys are, you guys, you know exactly what you're talking about. So that's very yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. And, and as soon as we launched it, we've seen a lot of people uh, like basically roll out the same service right after. <laughs> like, so that, I mean, that yeah. tells me it's good. You know, hey, it's Imitation good for the economy. Is, yeah, it's great. And, and to, More me, trucks, the better, to right? me, I'm very abundant. Um, I don't really necessarily uh, believe in competition. I, I believe in collaboration. And I believe that, there is enough business out there for everybody and there's millions of trucks on the road. So, I mean, if yeah. we put, if we put, let's say we put a hundred or 150 on the road in a year and there's 50 million trucks, there's plenty of room for everyone else to get into trucking. Yeah. Same with real estate. It's like, you know, it's open for everybody. So we, we take it as, as a confirmation that we are providing in a very uh, valuable service to the marketplace. Got it. No, that's incredible. <laughs> I, I could go in down that topic all day, but I want, I want to talk about the two other uh, like sections that yeah. you initially started yeah, yeah. out with. So uh -huh. it was this, this Facebook shop and what was the fourth one? Uh, Amazon FBA. Uh, Amazon and Facebook. So mm -hmm. number one, I, I'm very familiar with the whole e-commerce world, but people that aren't mm -hmm. familiar, I'd love for you to just give a, a deep dive into like what's the difference in terms of Amazon FBA, sure. Facebook shops, like the whole e-commerce world absolutely. and how you guys so, operate. Absolutely. So the two main differences with these models is one is wholesale and one is drop shipping. So on Amazon, we're doing wholesale, uh, which basically means we're, we're buying the inventory up front and then we're reselling it. So it's a cash model. It's a lot more capital intensive. Um, and, and Amazon really prefers this model. A lot of people used to do drop shipping on Amazon. Some people still do. But about three to four years ago, Amazon really started to crack down on that particular model because they really wanted to enforce quality control and the 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 distribution network that they're building for you know third-party wholesale sellers because um, there's a laundry laundry list laundry list of reasons why wholesale is better for their business and they make more money with it. Um, but anyways, we we used to do drop shipping on Amazon. Once they started not being so friendly with it, we pivoted to the wholesale model. So we actually operate our own warehouses for that. Our warehouses are in Clearwater, Florida, and again. Here we acquired a distribution company, so we merged with a five-year-old distribution company, nice. and they run all of our fulfillment for Amazon. So we do big bulk purchases. The products come into the warehouse. We break down the pallets. We count all the products, make sure it's what we ordered, make sure there's no damage, nothing missing, uh, assuming everything's good. We repackage it for retail distribution, and then we send it into Amazon's fulfillment centers. From there, the customer, you know, they purchase and yep. then Amazon does the fulfillment. So with Facebook, with Facebook shops, and let me tell you, I think that Facebook is going to absolutely dominate e-commerce. Um, it's <laughs> they got it's and, where the people and, are. At. I mean, and Instagram. You see <laughs> yeah. that now with what they're doing yeah. with the shopping tab. IG like, shops, yeah. Facebook shops, they, IG shops, same a thing. Huge pivot the last couple of years. And yeah, it, it must be working. <laughs> Dude, and I mean they got all the data. If the way I explain Facebook shops is like this: you take Shopify and you add all the organic traffic. So because Shopify, traditionally, if you build a Shopify store, you don't have any organic traffic. If you just put up a Shopify site and you don't send any, you know, ads or traffic, no one's ever gonna find your site. They're not gonna buy anything. So with 
Facebook, since they have all the people there, it's like the Shopify site with that organic traffic of like an Amazon. Because Amazon, we don't pay for traffic for a lot of our FBA yeah. products because we're not really doing private label. Uh, we're selling more general products that already have a lot of volume. So with Facebook shops specifically, in, or meta shops, excuse me. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, and, and, and what they're doing too is, is they're going to be building uh, the, you know, the storefronts in virtual reality. Yep. Um, and, and we're big proponents of the metaverse as well. Um, we're, we're heavily invested into some metaverse projects, but, um, but yeah, with, with Facebook and and their e-commerce shops, it's drop shipping. So we're, we're, we're just, we're not purchasing the products up front. We're listing them first in advance. We're collecting the sale and then we're fulfilling on the back end. So it's a lot less capital intensive and it's, it's a lower barrier to entry for a lot of people to get into, and then they can leverage their credit and then they can get all sorts of great rewards and cash back and, and all different types of things. And um, Facebook awesome. is, is really just starting to scale them now. So you'll see, dude, it's going to be yeah. huge. <laughs> no, that, that's super, I've definitely heard, I haven't done a lot of shopping on Facebook Yeah. Um, in terms of Facebook shops, but that's very interesting to hear. Yeah. Um, I'd love to talk about like your M&A strategy sure. if you'd like to, because I think it's just super cool to hear how, you know, you want to get into an industry, obviously you can go build it yourself or you can work with someone or, or an acquire a company. Yeah. Um, was that a model that just you wanted to start with with a couple of different verticals or did it just kind of happen organically? It's, it's something that I learned over time. And uh, one of my mentors specifically, Roland Frazier, it's a guy who's done over a thousand merger acquisition deals. Wow. And, um, you know, I really love this strategy for business because it's the fastest way to build a business. And the reason why it is, is because you're acquiring infrastructure. Because infrastructure is the hardest thing to build. What's infrastructure? It's the offices, it's the employees, everybody trained, the SOPs, the, the distribution network, the clients already, the volume, the business, the sales, the revenue, it's all of it. So if you can go acquire it already existing, then you don't have to build it from scratch. And a lot of people are open to very creative um, types of buyouts. A lot of times we've, we've even been able to negotiate no money down acquisitions wow. where people get paid out over time. Um, or there's, there's just a massive value add or exchange that we're bringing to their business where we're just helping blow up their business. Um, that they're cool with it. It's a win-win for everybody. So if you're structuring a win-win, it's going to help. And then it kind of helps build our ecosystem because a lot of these companies play and build off of each other. Um, like for yep. example, we have, you know, a funding company in our ecosystem and, and, you know, that helps people get finance for our services and it helps them fix their credit and it helps them with a lot of other things. So, um, I would say that's kind of how we got into M and A and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's one of my favorite things right that's now. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Love that. What's been your experience with, um, like when doing M and A's, like working with other founders, other leaders that, you know, you're, you're working with you know, their baby in a sense, right? The company right. they started, what, it's, it's obviously different in different industries, mm -hmm. but um, I'd love to hear sort of your thesis on like working with teams post M&A leadership and mm -hmm. how you really diversify your leadership throughout these different organizations, because again, they're so different. And I, I'm wondering if, you know, you, you treat them differently in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it can be challenging because in a sense, you're absolutely correct. It is their baby. So when, when you're taking your baby and you're handing it <laughs> off to someone, like there's a natural bit of resistance with that. Um, so uh, the best thing that I've learned over time, because I've struggled with um, bad business partners in the past and, and, you know, different things that have come up. And, and my philosophy with everything in business now 
is that we should date before we get married. Uh, it's <laughs> yeah. It's like you know, you, you look at um, you know, a lot of these people that it's like jumping into a marriage with someone you barely know. It's like if you just meet somebody. A week later, you're married, and then you know, six months later, you're finding out all these crazy things about this person. You're like, "Whoa, I did not know this person was a lunatic." Yeah. Uh, you're like, "I should probably get divorced." And 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 that's what a business partnership is. It is a legal marriage. And and I've been through business divorces. I've I've broken up with business partners in the past, and um, it's not pretty. Just like a real divorce. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so. We like to we like to start working together with people, feel each other out, see how it's going to be, talk about what that looks like as the transition builds, who's in charge of what, what the reporting structure goes to, how does that organizational and operational flow kind of pan out as as we kind of gel together. And if there's just too much resistance, then then maybe it's not a good fit, but if everybody gets along, we love each other, it's smooth then we'll, we'll, you know, then we'll get married. <laughs> Love that. No, I like yeah. that. It's like taking it slow. Exactly. Very cool. Yeah. Um, I love, I have a couple more questions before we wrap up here, Mike, mm-hmm. um, outside of business, like where, what excites you the most? Where do you spend your time? Um, and you know, what do you like to do for fun and what drives you outside of business itself? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. And then maybe it's one that I need to ask myself because <laughs> right, right now I do a lot of business. Um, for me, I mean, Business is so important to me because, um, you know, it's it's a way for me to build a legacy, and I really feel pulled to help people, and that's kind of the vision behind Wealth Accelerators is an ecosystem of helping people. Um, because, dude, I know what it's like to be on the bottom. I know what it's like to have everyone bail on you. I know what it's like to have people not to believe in you. And, and I know that life can be challenging for a lot of people. And, and for a lot of people, the, 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 the paradigm shift or what they're lacking is the access to the proper information. And I feel blessed that I've been able to come across that information. And within a short amount of time, it's been able to make me a multimillionaire in, in my 20s. And, and I'm the CEO of a $30 million company. And you know, for me, it's, 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 I don't feel that I've accomplished anything yet. So it's really hard for me to focus on things that are not business related because I feel so pulled to help people. And, you know, kind of the vision of wealth accelerators is building this, this, this ecosystem of wealth builders and building thousands of wealth builders. But at the end, it's to use that money and that power and that influence for good, because there's so much positivity that can come from, money, right? And a lot of times there's a negative connotation around money, but really it's just a tool and that tool can be used for good. And that's what we want to do. So we want to give back in a major way. So a huge passion of mine is, is really helping people as cliche as that may sound. It's honestly the truth. And I feel, um, most fulfilled helping people, but when I'm not working, I love music. I'm a huge music fan. Um, I love hanging out at the beach. I'm obviously I'm in Florida, so yeah. I love being by the beach <laughs> for sure. and, uh, I love going to concerts. I love, um, I love sports. I'm a huge sports guy. So I love going to, to, you know, events. Um, and yeah, that's, you know, that's kind of it for me, man. Uh, right now I'm, I'm really in the trenches. I, I feel like life is only just beginning you know, still in my twenties and, and yep. there's a, there's a big road ahead. You can relate. I mean, dude, sure. we got, we got a lot of time ahead of us and, uh, I'm just so excited about my future and the future impact that I hope hopefully can can leave behind. And that's a legacy of helping people. I love that. Well, very well said, Mike. 
Uh, last question for last question before we wrap it up sure. um, is just in terms of social media, where people can follow you, uh, where's the best place to follow you? And most importantly, how do you utilize your social media? I know you have an awesome brand on there. So I'd mm-hmm. love to, you know, give the people listening some insight into what they could expect. Sure. Sure. So you can find me in a couple places, guys. So you can find me on Instagram at the Mike Sancho. So T H E M I K E S A N C H O. But beware, let me warn you, as soon as you follow me, you're going to get followed by about a dozen scammer accounts talking about send them crypto, send them money. Do not send anybody money in the DMs. You're probably not talking to me. Yeah. So just warning on that. Um, I love the, <laughs> I know, that's great to say. Cause like, dude, people, people hit they, me up. Sometimes they're like, they don't know. They're like, dude, I sent you 1200 bucks. What's up oh, with that? Goodness. I'm like, are you kidding me? Show me the messages. They, they're not even speaking proper English yeah. and they're telling you they're going to make you a thousand percent return in a week and give it back to you. It's not yeah. realistic. We've had people do that for media kits, <laughs> our, like our company, like, Hey, this is a, assistant here and like very well thought out and it's like oh my god it's, like, it's it happens insane. all the time so i appreciate you, you for bringing this up you know <laughs> that they they have literally offices now for scamming one of the guys uh this person in my office was able to get on the phone with this guy and he's like yeah i'm in africa and and they hired me for this job and and we go to an office and this is what we do wow. we try to scam people and um it's it's insane so beware of that guys at the mike sancho also you can find our company page at wealth accelerators you can also find me on facebook just search mike sancho um you can also find info on our event coming up uh by the time this airs it might be right when that's coming out but it's www.wealthsummit.com um that's going to be a huge wealth building conference and uh yeah that's that's it that's where you can find me guys that's where we hang out and then as far as the content uh, a lot of positive uplifting content of course a lot of value and a lot of education around finances and money um, and, and, you know, building, building wealth. That's Love what that. we do. <laughs> Love that. Well, Mike, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was such a pleasure. And for everyone that's listening, make sure you go follow Mike. And I just want to say thank you again for tuning in to the Casey Adams show. And of course, thank you to Blue Wire for having us. I will talk to you guys soon. Thank you.